Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunzel and Father Ryan Moravitz coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. Real Presence Live Duluth Edition. Good morning, Father Ryan. Good morning, Father Rich. Father Ryan, would you uh, please start us with a prayer as you are so good at doing every Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we give you praise and glory this day. We thank you for the beauty of this day. Lord, we ask for your blessing upon us in these next two hours. We ask for your blessing upon anyone and everyone who's listening, Lord. May we be drawn um, toward eternal life, to know you as the true and only God, and to know your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we praise and glorify you. We ask for your presence to be with us here um, on the radio today, and that your blessing may be abundant in it. We pray all of this in Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Ryan. Aaron, uh, could you please give us a little bit of a preview of today's show? I would be happy to. We've got a great show coming up today. We're excited to have a newly ordained priest from the Diocese of Rapid City on the show, Father Zane Pekron. After that, we'll have a great straight talk with you guys coming up here. Give them a call. Ask them a question. Then in our second hour, there's a new need for a lay apostolate in the Diocese of Duluth. What is that need? We'll tune in to hear Marie Mullen speak more about that. And when you read the scriptures, have they become fully alive? We'll talk with Bishop Paul Serba of the Diocese of Duluth to hear more about that. All that and more coming up here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Great. Thanks a lot, Aaron. And Aaron, I do appreciate you saying it's a great show rather than an awesome show because I'm on, as some listeners probably remember, I am on a one-man mission to quit making sure that that word awesome is used at a very minimal level. So, Aaron, thank you for calling it a great show. Absolutely. I'll use splendid next time, too. That's, that's well, that'll be, that'll work, too. Father Rich, that's just awesome that you're doing that. It's an awesome mission. It, it truly is. Actually, there are very few things that are awesome, but that is an awesome thing to do because there's so few things that are awesome that you want to just focus on the awesome. When we keep using that word all the time, then nothing is awesome. So, I agree. It is an awesome, uh, mission that I've got. That's awesome. All right. Might be my mission to use that <laughs> word now as much as I can. Oh, that's great. Um, I think that uh, we do have a good show, uh, a great show, like Aaron said. How's it going, Father Ryan? It's, it's like things are starting to wind down, summer stuff, you know? Yeah, especially because you, you know, you've got one of the Stella Marius Academy campuses, and you guys are in your last few days of, of the school year. That's right. Thursday's it. Some of the some of the kids I know are on my campus, my parish sites doing some service and some spring cleaning kind of stuff yeah that's today yeah so yeah. they're out there doing service projects so right, yeah. the stella marius gangs out there hope everybody's doing well you got a beautiful day here in duluth to be out there doing service in the midst of our community and uh speaking of stella marius students uh we were just talking before we were on the air that one of the stella marius students that are on my campus in my parish came up to you and uh, kind of taunted you a little bit this weekend what was that all they about? did so father rich i think sets these kids up to do this so i don't what, she must be a third grader uh she is She's in fourth grade fourth grade 
So she comes up to me before Mass on Sunday, and she says, Father, your homily better be under eight minutes. Because Father Rich always gives short homilies, and you preach too long, she told me. Well, there you go, out of the mouth of babes. So and I, a child shall I, lead them. I tried, to ex- I tried to explain to her that, well, when somebody's giving a good homily, it can go a little longer because people are interested. But yeah, yeah. Did she, did if she... somebody doesn't give good homilies, you want them to be shorter. <laughs> so I said, I, t- I can tend to give longer homilies than Father Rich, you know, and... She, she, did she, she buy of, that? She, I don't think she bought that. She just she was more concerned about time. It's, Whether it's, it was good or bad, all she cared about it was It sounds a little bit like Blarney to me, what you're yeah. saying right now. She did time it. She came up to me after Mass no. with the stopwatch on her mom's phone. You yeah, know? yeah. And it was 7 minutes and 51 seconds. Well, her mom told me about this interaction a couple of days ago. And, <laughs> and, so, I, and so I said, well, do you time me? She said, no, I don't have to. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I always tell people time the mass, not the homily. If I don't have you out of here in an hour, then you can say something. Well, time. Well, I mean, we could go on and on about well, that. We could, we could. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's good and bad to all of it, I suppose. But uh, um, anyhow, I think we have a, a a guest coming on here, and maybe he's he's on he's, the air. Maybe is Father Zane on, there? Online. Yes. Yep. Right here, guys. Father Zane, welcome to Real Presence Live Duluth Edition. This is Father Rich, and uh, Father Ryan is my compatriot here. So uh, you're newly ordained, right? Yes. When did you get ordained? Tell us a little bit about yourself first. Um, so I grew up out in the Diocese of Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, on a cattle ranch about an hour and a half west of Pier. And I graduated from Phillip High School, joined the seminary right out of high school, and then I was ordained for the Diocese of Rapid City one week ago today. Well, ha- happy anniversary! Yeah, Zane, congratulations! Thank you. Are you Thank are you. you enjoying priesthood? I am. It's pretty am. wild, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's still. I think reality is still trying to kind of sink in slowly but surely. Yeah. Well, that's super. Where did you go to seminary, Zane? Uh, so I did my first four years at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, Minnesota. And then I did my four years of theology up at St. Paul okay. in St. Paul, Minnesota. So I did overlap with a few Duluth guys in my time. Both Father Ryan and I are alumni from IHM in Winona. That's right. Great seminary. So obviously you haven't gotten into the parish life quite yet. I'm assuming that you have a few weeks off before you uh, report to the parish. Is that is that right? Is that how you guys yep, do it? Yep, you are correct. You are so, correct. So this is the time of the year where uh, guys, seminary guys, go around and travel. From the diocese going to various ordinations. Are you going to go to other ordinations? Uh, I think I'm, I'm thinking of going to two others here in June. Uh, that's kind of kind of about what I'm going to do is want to try and make it up to St. Cloud and then back down to Winona for a couple of classmates Great. ordinations. So when do you? What's your first assignment and when do you go to it? So my first assignment will be out in Spearfish and Belfouche, which is kind of on the Western edge of the diocese, northern part of the Black Hills, and I Very officially touristy. start there July first. Okay, all right. So Zane, you were ordained a week ago. Uh, what was it like for you when the bishop laid his hands on your head? It's a big moment for all of us who are priests, and even for the church when we see that happen, it's exciting. And uh, what was it like for you to receive the sacrament of holy orders? What was that experience? You know, there was. I think the thing that stood out to me most was two feelings, one of of great gratitude, and the other was just kind of that overwhelming sense of of just being humbled by God's graciousness, God's generousness, of uh, that 
he's brought me to this point that he's given me such a great gift. And then even within the right of then having all of my brother priests were there to come and lay hands and pray for the Holy Spirit, of there's also just kind of that sense of gratitude of that brotherhood and so many people praying for priests and praying that the Lord will help us to minister as he needs us to. Father Zane, that's great. I think to enter priesthood with gratitude and humility, which are the two things that you mentioned, is a, is a real super grace uh, and a good start. <laughs> what what was it? Um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, one of the things one of the things about being a priest that's kind of uh, unique. Uh, so many things that are unique, but just being called father now. I mean, I, I'm sure you're probably spending a lot of time with family still, but if you've had some public experiences where people are actually calling you father, and how's that? How's that feel? Um, I'm still getting used to that. Uh, like I said, I've been around family quite a bit the last week, and then kind of the three the parish cluster that I grew up grew up in, and I know a lot of people have known me since I was rather small, and so hearing them call me father, it's still still taking a bit of getting used to. It. Just like, okay, yeah, this is this is this is real. This is the the gift that the Lord has given for for greater service for him. What what was your first Mass like? Can you talk a little bit about that? Your Mass of Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, so my first Mass, I did a Mass there at the Cathedral in Rapid City uh, Wednesday morning after my ordination. And I did got to do a Mass with Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, really praying for her help, her mediation and intercession, to really just give me the give me the grace to be a good instrument for the Lord, and there was there was just a sense of a lot of beauty to it, as well as just kind of a time, a little bit of a timeless sense of just being able to just sit in the moment and yeah enjoy enjoy that time of lifting up to people's prayers, people's needs and sacrifices, and uniting that with the true sacrifice of Christ perfect sacrifice of Christ. Can you can you talk at all about the, the moment of consecration and what that was like for you as a priest and what it is maybe even, you know, in this first week, you know, each day, that's usually a pretty big moment in our lives as we get started, especially. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's definitely hard to explain that kind of, I, I'm still a bit floored by it and just in awe of it, of being there, being able to con- to consecrate the bread and the wine and and really at that moment of holding up, holding up the host uh, for the people to see and just being able to gaze at the Lord and great adoration, great thanksgiving. Uh, it's just a just been a really really joyful moment for me. This is Father Pat. Richard Kunz along, along with Father Ryan Moravitz. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Thank you for listening. We're talking to Father Zane from the Diocese of Rapid City, who was ordained a priest one week ago today. You know, Father Zane, you're talking about the uh, as Father Ryan asked the question about the whole consecration thing. I'm assuming, I'm sure. I mean, it's always, always part of seminary training is like the practicums of actually doing the mass when you're in the seminary and you're saying the words and it's like kind of playing pretend and 
And then when you do those words of consecration for the very first time and the realization of what's really happening on the spiritual level, it's got to be mind-boggling. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's just that very beautiful moment of all of a sudden realizing what a what a gift the Lord has given and yeah, just how amazing it is to be able to unite the Unite the people's sacrifice with the sacrifice of Christ and share in that. Yeah, it's that pretty overwhelming. Thing. It's pretty overwhelming to realize, like, wow, now I stand in the person of Christ, like, just like that. And it's, uh, it's kind of daunting to the soul, if you will, to realize, like, what, what you're, what the Lord is, is doing through you now, through the sacrament. It's a, it's a, it's a, pretty awesome experience to become a priest <laughs> um, uh, what are you looking forward to most as you as you move forward particularly in administering the sacraments is there any anything any one of the sacraments that you're most excited to kind of regularly celebrate or um, be part of or, or, or learn in or experience um, as a priest um, I know two of the sacraments that I'm excited for one of being able to pray the mass with the people of God uh, but also to celebrate the sacrament of confession with the people, of uh, really having that desire to bring God's mercy to His people and to be Christ to His people in a very vulnerable place, vulnerable moment, when we lay our soul bare before the Lord to ask for forgiveness. So I'm sure, <clears throat> obviously, I mean, we're beyond respectful to the seal of confession, so it's nothing like that. But what was it like to hear your first confession? I'm assuming in your first week you've already done it. Yes. What was going through your um, mind? The The biggest thing that was kind of going through my mind was there There was first that, that first initial reaction of, all right, who am I that the, that the Lord has, asked, has called me to do this? Uh, then there's really kind of the grace of the Holy Spirit to settle in that you know, Christ is asked to be the, for me to be his instrument and to work through me. And so people are coming, seeking to encounter Christ. And my job is to just help them encounter him and to show his love, his compassion, and his healing to his people. Have you, have you uh, anointed anyone yet? I have not yet. Okay. Yeah, that's quite an experience once you get to go do that, and especially when somebody is maybe on hospice or, you know, in their final hours to be able to go and be with them at that moment where they're, it's the final preparation um, before they stand before the Lord, and that's that's a pretty heavy task sometimes. <laughs> Father Zane, did you have any classmates that you were ordained with? Um, not from the Diocese of Rapid City. Okay, so you're the only guy this year? Yep, only guy this year, and it's been a little while since we've had our last priestly ordination. So Really? Yeah, when was the last time you guys had a priestly ordination? Uh, four years ago. Wow. When's your next one? Um, next priestly ordination will probably be two or three years if everything, everything goes you're, well. You're like an island. You're an island of ordination in uh, Rapid City. Yes. 
I'm sure that there, I, I remember here, I remember when a, a, an older priest said to me on my ordination day, he said, the people of the Diocese of Duluth will thank God for years for what's going on today. And that's the same thing for you, especially in your situation where there's so few guys that were ordained around you. There are people that are not even born yet that are going to thank God for what happened a week ago today. It's a pretty powerful thing. It's super powerful. It is. It really is. Father, um, Father Zane, you know, we have lots of people listening um, from all over the area and locally out there in Rapid City. Um, any prayers you would like to ask? Um, prayer requests for people to pray for you in any particular kind of way? I guess the one one big prayer that request that I have is just that I will be forever faithful to the Lord. That's really just one of my big desires is to continue to have that heart of gratitude and just be faithful to the Lord, faithful to where He leads. That's 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 actually a very important prayer to have because you know what? As life goes on in the priesthood, there's you know the devil works many many ways in trying to to get priests not to be faithful. So that's a that's a prayer that's certainly something that we want to all the people to pray for their priests, and especially for a guy that's newly ordained. So, Father Zane, thank you very much for joining us, uh, and best of luck in all the prayers for you as you begin your new assignment is in your new vocation. Thank you very much for having me. God, God bless. Father Zane, God bless you. Congratulations, brother. Thank, thank you, you, guys. After, all right, God bless. After the break, we'll have a little bit of... Uh, talking bantering between father ryan and i they're gonna have straight talk where you can have uh, any question you could possibly want of a priest a local priest and we will hopefully try to answer it catch you right after this break stay with us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. You know, just to jump on that comment, too, of just having those responses of being able to defend the faith, you know, no matter who we talk to. I mean, there's so many people that just aren't really familiar with the church teaching. So to be able to clarify that and to be kind of the light of Christ in the world, to bring that actual truth, the, the beauty, to actually bring that to people, I think has just made, you know, it's a different changer for both of us. 
And I think, um, as you talked about, just knowing the truth of the church. So even if you know what the church teaches, can you really make that argument and support it can every day? It? Right, day in and day out. And that's been a big thing for me is having this resource that you can sit and listen and learn so much. A big thing for me was even as a healthcare provider, knowing what abortion is and how it works, listening on Real Presence Radio one day to somebody, a healthcare provider actually talking through step by step what that goes through was just a, a game changer for me. And as far as being able to vocalize that to other people so that they really understand what abortion is mm-hmm. and why the church teaches what they teach. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to the Duluth edition of Real Presence Live. I'm Father Rich Kunz along with Father Ryan Moravitz coming to you from the shores of beautiful Lake Superior on a beautiful spring day, it's, although it's not going to be beautiful later this afternoon. Spring day, it's summertime. Not yet, Father Ryan. Wow. Later on in June, when all the kids leave, then it feels more like summer, and, <laughs> and on Thursday that's going to that's going to be the case. Uh, Friday is going to be summer for me for the first time. So uh, you know we were just talking to Father Gene Zane, the newly ordained from Rapid uh, Rapid City, and uh, it's great to talk to the new guys get ordained because like they're kind of like deer in the headlight look. Yeah. They have no idea what they're going to get into. Yep. they have no idea. Yep. It's like I learned. I I often say that I learned more in my first three months of priesthood than i did all my years of seminary yep. put together and it's, so it's incredible like, those first few months it is it just it floors you and it, you learn so much it, it does oh. you well the one thing i think that you learn well i mean you really learn as, as life goes on as a priest is uh human nature yeah a real good grasp of human nature now uh your ordination is in june right your your ordination yeah my anniversary. ordination anniversary is june 20th and what's it going to be this year it's going to be 11 years 11 years well I'm uh I'm almost twice as long as you. I'm 21 years. I was 21 years last week. Last week, May 29th. May 29th. Uh, yep. Crazy. Were you ordained with anybody? You were ordained by yourself, right? I was ordained with Father Steve White. Oh, oh Steve White. Yeah, was that's a, right. He was a later uh, yeah. a later vocation, and um, he's he's now uh, gone with the Lord, and and uh, he was um, he was in seminary with me, so we were actually in the same seminary, and he had a child. He had kids, you know, and he had been married. He had been married, and uh, one of his kids w- was born the exact same day as I was. Really? Yeah, and so here I was, his <laughs> classmate, <laughs> getting ordained together. So, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's no longer with us, but um, a great priest, a uh, great priestly heart. Yeah, you, you were ordained alone, weren't you? I was ordained alone, right? Yeah. Hmm. No, it was a, it's it's great memories. I was just sharing with somebody the other day. They asked about who is at my my ordination and my first mass. They were asking me about my first mass, and so I was sharing about you know the whole experience mm-hmm. and uh, all the priests and friends and family that were were there and kind of some of the memories and yeah. Did who? I I mean I was there, but I can't remember who preached. Did you preach it? Father David Forsman preached oh, my Forsman, first okay, mass. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I had um, uh, I had lined up Father Mark Sting from the St. Cloud Diocese, but he wasn't able to do it. And then I had um, Father Kent Salestead preach, who's a very good friend of mine, 
and uh, and so when you have when you have a a priest when you're new, when you're getting newly when you're newly ordained and you're saying that first mass, it's so overwhelming mm-hmm. that it's just. And from my opinion, it's just good to have somebody else give the homily. Yep, so you don't some, have to think about you it. You don't have to think about it. You, you have enough going on in that brain of yours that yeah. to do a homily. Although some guys do their homilies, their first homilies. And, and I, I certainly, uh, I certainly, um, uh, I'm surprised by that. And I, kudos to them, but <clears throat> I couldn't have done that. I had my, my dad was one of the deacons, but then I had my good friend, Father Shane Demon from the yeah. Diocese of Sioux City. He was the other deacon on my left. And, um, he was a big help because, you know, he he was giving me cues or pointing things out every once in a while when he could tell I was either flustered or like, what do I do next? <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's a it's a it's such a new experience when you're actually yeah. the one standing at the altar and you've been preparing for it for so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Rich Kuntz along with Father Ryan Moravitz, and we're just talking about a little bit about our uh, ordination. You said Father Zane from the. For the diocese of Rapid City, newly ordained, and so it's uh, causing Father Ryan and I to think back in our in our uh, days of newly being newly ordained as well. I, so I got a trivia question for you, Father Ryan. Grand, I love trivia. That's so, awesome. So, uh-huh, thanks. It's it's <laughs> splendid. It's not the A word. So the uh, uh, forty years ago this week, something very extraordinary happened that ended up changing the world. Um, Pope John Paul II was elected. No. He was elected in 1978. Right now it's 2019. He went to Poland. He did. Good job. You saw my notes, though. You saw my screw. No, 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 because I've seen some stuff online about oh, like, just the recently. anniversary. Of it's his the 40th anniversary. His, his initial trip to Poland, which almost all historians, all commentators say this is what ignited the beginning of the fall of the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. And it was 40 years ago this week. So it's an incredibly massive event that... Unfortunately, probably won't get a whole lot of attention anywhere in secular media, but the world changed because of that 40 years ago this week. It's uh, pretty incredible what can happen. Exactly. You know, with yep. one, yeah, uh, with, with one person, one person making one trip. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, and it was it, a lot more than that. It but. was, but I mean, it was one. In, when you boil it down, it was one person making one trip, and and I can't remember the statistic, but it was something like one third of Poland went out to see him. And so the idea that all these people that were under this incredible oppression of the communist state were able to see each other, these people of faith, and saying, there's, there's many of us and there's so few of them. And, and uh, that really changed the mindset of the, uh, of the Polish people 40 years ago this week. Yeah, he was a great pope, wasn't he? My favorite. Oh, man. No. Um, so does your family yell a lot? That's a random question, but uh, no, I don't think so. No? Does yours? It just it seemed like kind of a yeller to me. Me? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was pulled out of left field. <laughs> what what makes you think that, Father? Uh, no, I, was just, I, I had a fun experience with some friends the other night, cause, and I've known... Oh, it friends. always comes back to you, doesn't it? it, it does. You always... You all, you kind of throw it out to me, but then you like make me take the bait, and then it yeah, comes back that's to right. you. It comes back to me. No, it's, I would it's, yell at you right now if I was yelling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, tell I us. I think the it's story. funny. You know, we were, we're, it's like the human nature thing, right? Like some some families, we we're, we're yellers, you know, where we're like that's how we work through things, and some families. So tell us the story. So I was with some friends, and and they're um, they're my parents' age, and I've never I've gotten to know them really well over the the years, and but they never yell. 
So I asked them the other night, like, do you guys ever yell or have, were you ever yellers? And they were like, no, we've never really yelled. I mean, it hasn't been part of like our, our way of communicating as a family and even with the kids, you know, and with each other. And it was funny because we were out in the boat later in the day and they were joking and they were yelling at each oh, other, really? like joking. <laughs> like, you guys need to practice on that. <laughs> Well, I text in all capitals sometimes. So that, that, <laughs> might, be, that, that might be the equivalent of yelling. <laughs> Were you guys yellers in your family? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and it, sometimes it more is like intense talking that's like elevated in volume. You know how I right. can, no matter what. So yeah. it can, it, sometimes it even, it comes off as yelling, but like, your brother, we don't think we're yelling. Your but brother, father, are like, Brandon why are you yelling? Is always yelling, it seems like. I mean, in a good way, just the way you're yeah. explaining it right yeah, now. Yeah, because this he's, ex- he's intense and, you know, the voice goes up, I'm um, in volume. And so a lot of times people will think that, you know, why are you yelling? It's like, I'm not yelling. I'm just excited. I'm just talking yeah. about it. There are few people more intense than Father Brandon. He is, I always tell people, people are like, Father, like, you're, you're a high energy level. I said, you should see my brother. Yeah. You know? Somebody told, so, in fact, I just got a text from somebody that we both know just yesterday. They said, Father Brandon Moravitz is like Father so and so on steroids. Yeah. And so, yeah, well. Yeah, he is like high energy. He I mean, is he very is like, high. And it never goes, though. It never goes away. Yeah. It's like it's constant. It's, it's way up here. And that's how, you, that's how you bring parishes to life, though. Yeah. You know, you have to have a leader with great enthusiasm and great energy. Lots of energy, personality. Too bad you, your parish doesn't have any personality in their pastor. What was that? So too bad your parish doesn't have any personality in the I'm past. sorry if listeners out there if you can't hear my co uh, my co-host I understand because sometimes when he speaks nonsense it's very automatic to tune it out. So so uh, if that happened to you just now and you think I'm the only one that's hosting the show I'm really not. Father Ryan is speaking but sometimes when he speaks nonsense then we just tune it out. But we love him and he does have energy and he does have personality which is okay. I just I just want to say you're awesome. You know, the kids in our school use a different word for that because they know not to. They, it's linoleum. It's my favorite word in the English language. Li- linoleum. So they say, you're linoleum, Father Rich. And I love that because it's like linoleum. It just like rolls off the tongue. That, is, that makes no so, sense at all. It doesn't make sense. I'm changing Again, the word. Again, now, now the listeners are tuning I'm you I'm changing out. the word with the little kids, with the little kids. I'm changing the words with the little kids. So they won't say the A word. They're going to say linoleum from now on. And they have been all year. So you know what they did? They gave me a piece of linoleum. They all signed it at the end of the year, <laughs> which is great. So see Stella Maris Academy, you students out there, you guys are great. We love exactly. you. Exactly. That's much better than the A-word. You're linoleum. Ooh, uh, oh, there we go. Save us from this conversation, right, folks. We That means, that sound means that we're ready to head into straight talk. And straight talk is your opportunity as the listener to call in at 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, or on Facebook to submit a question. It can be any question, any thoughts. You can talk about the words we've been talking about. You can talk about anything that's on your mind, any questions, theological, pastoral, you name it. 877-795-0122. Father Ryan will try his best to answer the question. What he cannot answer, I will answer on his behalf folks you can jump on facebook too and find us find real presence uh radio and uh send a, a message via facebook and we'll we'll get that posted on there as well and we can discuss what you're interested in what you're thinking about today um things going on in the world in the church anything it's kind of wide open to conversation you could talk about whether you're a yeller or not yeah you could but that's kind of a boring conversation you can 
talk about anything. So that's 877-795-0122. You know, to go back to that conversation that we were having earlier about my least favorite word, it's like, you know how my, my, um, uh, my crusade to end the word awesome overly used started? I think it's in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I think it's La Crosse. I remember going to a really old church in La Crosse and in the face of the balcony, as you're walking out, the really old stenciled words says, this is an awesome place. It's like, it is because of what happens here, you know? And so it's like, here's this word that we use so often that it loses its, its meaning and to use, to see it in a very obviously old setting to say it as it was there. It's like, it kind of blew me away. And it was kind of like, this is one of the very few places that truly are awesome church where the blessed sacrament happens and is. I would, that, that's good. Yeah. So I, that, I can appreciate yeah, that. So in fact, I, I, value might, that. I might do that on my own, my own balcony face. There we go. You hear that, St. James folks? Uh, if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday was the feast day of St. Charles Luanga and That's his right. companions. Yep. Um, you know, one of the things that I find interesting and amazing is that, you know, they died for the faith, but they died really because they stood up for a moral virtue. Virtue. Yeah. Um, it was a... I don't know the story all that well. I mean, I didn't preach about them yesterday, but uh, it was the king. Wasn't it like the king or the emperor of, was it Uganda? Yep, Uganda, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, the king was, um, you know, the king was forcing these court workers, these boys and young men. Right, to know, do bad things. To do, oh. yeah. And um, they stood up to him. And so he asked them to renounce their faith and then do what he wanted them to do. Um and they refused. And right. so Charles was kind of the leader of these young men. Because I think there's like 21 of them, weren't there? Yep. Like 21. And you know you know how they killed him? They wrapped him up in a straw mat and they roasted him. Really? So, I mean, it took it took hours. And they no. say the whole time he remained silent. No. And just at the very end, he, he just, you know, he called out to God. Um, but... But you think about, you think about when we want to stand up for like a moral thing, a moral issue, whether that's abortion or same-sex mm-hmm. marriage or anything like that, and give the church's teaching. Um, we're scared to death of like somebody right. thinking that we're mean or right. In we're our scared political to death from correct era. Yeah, and we can we can get to that in a little bit. We got a caller on the uh, on the uh, phone right now, I believe. Are we ready? Yeah. There we go. We're yeah. green. Good. Okay. All right, Mike. Mike from Duluth, St. Elizabeth, to be exact. Mike, you must be one of my parishioners then. I am, sir. Because I'm yes. the pastor of St. Elizabeth and St. James. What's your, <laughs> yes. what's your, uh, see, I've, I've got a marvelous deduction of logic here. Yeah. So, Mike, why don't you, uh, um, why don't you give us your question? Question is, I'm an old altar boy, and back in the day, I should have called earlier, like back in Easter time, but I didn't because I, I work, but I have a day off today, so I thought, you know, I have to give this call to you because I'm sure you can answer this. Back in the day, uh, when I was an altar boy, between Passion Sunday and Easter, we used to cover the crucifixes, the statues. It was very religiously, they were covered. But I noticed now certain churches don't do that. Is I was visiting them during the Easter season. Is that not uniform throughout all the parishes, or is it is it up to the parish priest? Or I don't well, know. Uh, I'm just wondering how that all well, works now. Well, well, thanks for the call, Mike, and also thanks for listening on your day off. That's great. 
Now you got to oh, pay yeah. Daff and Duluth. The, yeah, the, the one day, the one, the one thing, Mike, that I'm concerned about is that you're visiting other parishes as your pastor. <laughs> they and do so, have fish fries at other parishes. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay, <laughs> all right, Mike. So um, you know what? It really is something uh, that was much more common back, obviously, at the time that you were growing up, and it still is common, as you mentioned, in the parishes that you've traveled to and visited to, uh, visited, you know, during the like the whole Lenten thing. But uh, it's very much a it's very much a uh, a, a call of the pastor, yep. and okay. very very often the pastor will do what the tradition is that he inherited. I mean, not always. Certainly, the first year, most of the time, priests don't change anything the first year, but uh, or not many big things anyhow. But it it really is. It's up to the pastor, and uh, uh, if for whatever reason, it could be very simple practical reasons like they don't have enough cloth or they don't have anybody to hang it up. Uh, uh, but I, you know, I, I, you know, it's certainly one of those traditions that are can be uh, viewed as, you know, quite beautiful to help us get ready even more so, uh, to, to, you know, to make sure that the starkness of Holy Week is there in preparation for the incredible, wonderful nature of the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday. And so, although it's a it's a practice that has not is not nearly as common as it used to be, it's still an option for priests to do. And is if that you the as same? a Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I interrupt. If you as, a, as if you as a pastor now as okay, I'm the pastor. If you as a parishioner uh, go up to the pastor and say, you know what, I really like to do that. You know what the priest is going to say? He's going to say, that's a great idea. Why don't you? Would you arrange that for me? <laughs> and so, Mike, if you did that to me, that's what I was going to. That's what I'd say to you. So we can yeah, still have it, Saint Elizabeth. That. <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's why we have um. Uh, that's when you when you come up with ideas in a parish, and they're often mm-hmm. good ideas. Chances are you're going to be stuck doing the work. Is that the same with regards to the covering up of the statues and the crucifix? Is that the same with the holy water um, also, that some yes. parishes have it that's, and that's some complete, parishes yep. don't? That's a completely okay. optional thing. In fact, I would okay. I might be wrong on this, but I think that that's even more of a modern thing. I think the statue thing is much more older, and the, okay. the holy water thing, some parishes do it all Lent because the whole idea of the notion of being in the desert. You know, oh, but uh, okay. uh, again, I think that's that's a little bit more modern. I believe I could be wrong. And it's it's really looking at for us. It's looking at the Roman Missal and the general instruction of the Roman Missal. You know, and for instance, the Ordo. So I was just kind of looking around the the studio here and found the Ordo. And you know, and for Palm Sunday and for Holy Week, one of the instructions for Holy Week is the Passion of the Lord dominates these solemn days. If not hiding the cross or crucifix from sight. A violet or red cloth may be used to drape it, as well as the ambo. Um, you know, so there's. It says me, which is the gives us the option. Yeah, so if not hiding the cross or crucifix from sight, so uh, like I mean, uh, you, you get into like the language even. of that. Like you either remove the cross and the crucifix, yeah. or you may cover it up if you don't remove it. You know, because a lot of times you can't remove those. Mike, that's a great question. Thank you very much for calling in. Okay. Do you have any other Thank questions, you very much, Mike? Friends. I mean, okay. No, that's uh, well, actually, I do. Oh, if you have a minute, yeah, sure. <laughs> we I should do. have we asked. Our, yeah, we know other callers. Let's let's let people know okay. though. You can call in. You can call in at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or send something out on Facebook. But we're in conversation with Mike. Mike, what else do you got for us? Well, I'm going to be going on a trip to Rome in January. Oh. Going to be visiting the Vatican. What? Should I be looking for that's going to be very unique, since I'm sure you both have been there, what should I be looking there that's very unique that would just totally knock my socks off? Not awesome, but just knock my socks off. 
Yeah, thank you for. <laughs> There's not a lot using of that. awesome stuff there. There, there is actually, but don't say that. Anyhow, Mike, <laughs> that's a that's a great question. So, what my my encouragement to you first off, just you know, as an aside, come and see me. Give me a call since you're my prisoner and talk to me about that because I lead tours to to Rome. And because I lead okay. tours to Rome, I got you know a fairly good sense. Father Ryan actually studied over there, but you know there's certainly um, uh, Saint Peter's Basilica pretty much takes the cake for most people when you go in Saint Peter's Basilica and experience that. Uh, okay. There's a lot of other things that are incredible, but I I say for Catholics to to go to Rome and not go in Saint Peter's Basilica is borderline mortal mortally sinful, and so okay. make sure you get into Saint Peter's. There's so many. There's four major basilicas in Rome, you know, and so. Uh, you want to hit all of them if you are in Rome long enough. But Mike, by by all means, give me a call, send me an email, and, and we can talk more about that. And Mike, depth. Mike, when you're there, they have morning masses going on in the basilica for the first two hours of the morning, and it's it's kind of closed to tourists, so you can go and go to mass, and and it's very prayerful and quiet. The lines are really short in the morning too, so um, okay. I I would look up the hours of the the basilica. I think it it's opens at seven now o'clock, at seven or seven fifteen. Seven o'clock. Yeah. But okay. if you can get over there in the morning, the experience of the basilica is is one of it being truly a basilica, a place of prayer. Cause as, a, as opposed to, to a touristy site, which it'll yeah. be later in the day. And if you go there later in the day, you will sit in line for hours. So That's what there, I've heard. Yeah, you get there early, and uh, like Father Ryan is saying, you can actually experience it as a church as opposed to a tourist site. And I think the number one tour in Rome, and it's a tough tour to get because they only let about 150 people in a day, is called the Scavi Tour which is the excavations okay. underneath the basilica, and you get to go to the actual tomb and the site of the tomb site of St. Peter's um, and, burial. Okay. And, um, Super. And so S-C-A-V-I, Scavi, it's the Italian word for excavations. Um, okay. Go to the Vatican website or Google it, and you can find out how to, to request a tour. Um, okay. And that's the type of thing, Mike, that you'd want to do already. If you're going in January, okay. June is a good time to start making those types of reservations. Yeah. But again... Give me a call, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. We'll, well, we'll thank talk you very more. much. Thanks for right. answering my question. Thank, hey, thanks, thanks for calling, Mike. Mike. Yep, thanks for the call. Okay. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, it's, uh, um, uh, I mean, obviously, I like that last question because it's something that's very dear to both you and I. Yeah. You know, the city of Rome is, uh, is uh, I've, uh, you know, all throughout my priesthood, I always say that's where my heart is. And when I'm not in Rome, that's where I'd rather be. You know, Rome is just a, it's certainly a great place. And if uh, a listener's ever get an opportunity to travel, that's where they should go. So 877-795-0122 or on Facebook, 877-795-0122. If you don't want to ask a question online, you can just submit it and we will read it for you and then we'll answer the question. So if you're a little shy about talking on the air, uh, you can do it that way. So 877-795-0122. Let's see if any Father Ryan's prisoners make a phone call. Come on, folks. No. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's a competition. We, we compete no, in a bunch of other ways. Yeah. Oh, we compete in a bunch of other ways. We should probably do that. Maybe maybe at the weekday masses we should say, uh, okay, so we want to see who's going to get the most amount of callers, Father Ryan's parishioners or my parishioners. We could do that. We could. But that, we would, have, that would be we, awesome. We, <laughs> we have listeners all over the uh, upper Midwest, and so uh, we don't want to hog them with our parishioners, but right. we, we want people to call in. Right. So, any type of question that you would have, the, you know, I, because Father Ryan and I are fairly well versed in Rome, that type of a question. If you've been to Rome, if you have a question about a church in Rome, that's right up my alley. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. I love Rome. And so, any question about uh, um, anything about our faith, that's eight seven 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 nine five 
0122. One of the things that I've done over the years, Father Ryan, is, and, and I think you've done a few of them as well, but is uh, the Rome tours. I've done a lot of tours. I've done many tours of Rome, just small groups. You know, when you're, when you, when you're a priest bringing people to Rome, it's, you, you get a lot more opportunity to get to places where large groups wouldn't be able to. And when you're a priest leading the tour, it has to be a small group because uh, you have to be a, you have to be licensed by the state to be an official tour guide. And so you bring small groups so you can be a little bit more inconspicuous about that. And you're doing it from a faith perspective and not a tourist perspective. So it's much more acceptable. Yeah. And I've done both, you know, where I've taken small groups of, you know, two to six people along. Um, but I've also done the bus, the right. bus trips, yep, yep. which, which can be good. It and can it can be. be really good for people, um, you know, who haven't had a chance to get over there and right. both and when, different that, dynamics. But. And lots of them that go on the bus tours can't do the small tours yeah. for various reasons. Maybe it's uh, the mobility issues. Yep. 877-795-0122. Father Ryan, what is your favorite part in Rome? Not counting St. Peter's, let's say. So this is going to sound uh, probably out of the ordinary, which is surprise, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I love the place called Campo Verano, which is the oh, large sure. um, cemetery, oh. the Roman cemetery. Yep. Um, it's outside the walls. It's up by St. Lawrence, outside the walls, which is one of my favorite churches as well. Pope Pius the Ninth, Ninth is buried, is buried there. there. Yep. And um, there's um, a mausoleum of the seminary there. So we have some, there's actually a person that I know and was mm-hmm. a great mentor. You and I did mass there once. Yep. So you and I did mass in the mausoleum at, uh, at Campo Verano. Campo Verano. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my favorite place to get to when I'm there. I almost parking. always bring people there too. It's not it's not a tourist site at all. No, it's not. It's a, it's a cemetery. It, but it's an amazing It's an cemetery. amazing cemetery. It's unlike any cemetery you've ever seen in your life. And so I do bring my groups there almost all not every time, but almost every time. 877-795-0122 or you can submit a question on Facebook. We want to hear from you the listener rather than hearing Father Ryan blab on and on. We would rather have callers. 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. So can I? Can we talk about something that I've been struggling with? As I look at like Catholic media and stuff. Yeah, is this confessional material? Or no, is this it's not it, confessional okay, material? Okay, all right, go for it. But one of the things, like you know, there's so many things going on in the church today, right? I mean, from from scandals to politics to all the different dynamics, and so every news media outlet that I kind of browse through, if you will, in the morning. It's just all about the stuff. The and bad stuff. The bad stuff. And there's like, it's so tough to find stories in the kind of these mainstream Catholic media outlets of like things that are going on in the church that are good. You know, yeah. like, what are people doing out there that are, are dynamic, that are leading people to Jesus Christ, let, um, that are Christ centered? There's so many distractions right now. Let me, let me respond to that right after I give the number again. And we, we want to introduce, we want to invite callers to call in. 877-795-0122 or on Facebook, 877-795-0122. I'll just say very quickly, because we're getting a caller here shortly. I totally agree. I, I had the same realization just a few weeks ago, looking at all these like these websites, these Catholic websites. It's like, it's like if this is the only thing we had, it would be the most depressing thing in the world to be a Catholic. Yep. That's the way Catholic media is portraying everything. It's like, all abuse. Now, granted, we want to give it its due because it is news. Yeah, no, it's got to be in there. But, but there is so much good that happens. The, why? Why do we put so much time into this stuff? We've totally become distracted by it all, and it's it's it's. I, I just I don't. And, and I think a second, the, the devil a, in many ways. And a secular person, person that's not even a person of the faith, could look at one of these websites and say, "Look, that's all the Catholics are talking about." 
Yeah. You know, because it's a Catholic website, yeah. Catholic News. Uh, I totally agree. Kind All right. Like, it looks like we might have a call. I don't know if they're ready to make a... John, are you on with us? Okay, John. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Sounds like you've got a comment that you want to share in regards to your experience in Rome. I, I do. I agree with uh, the comment about the small groups. I, uh, I've been in Rome a couple times, and it happened to be the year 2000. Uh, I'm an old guy, so it was a jubilee year, and so we walked through the the uh, the jubilee doors, and the Monsignor was blessing, and uh, we just noticed there was a small tour because right to the right, as you walk in, is the Pieta, and there was a, a Monsignor with about five or six people, and he just did such a wonderful explanation, and then he he recited the Magnificat and said that this was Michelangelo's uh, reason. Uh, it was his inspiration for the work. And uh, I, I just thought it, it is when you really get a priest or someone who knows what the significance of everything is, it makes it so much more uh, deeply felt and so much more meaningful to your spiritual life. Thank you. John, thank you very much. But you know what? I feel that what you said makes me feel old, too, because I was there in the Jubilee year 2000 giving tours as a priest. And so now I feel like a senior citizen. Thanks a lot, John. <laughs> but no, actually, you, you couldn't you couldn't be more right, John. I think that uh, I've, I've always this plugged it. I've always I've always plugged it uh, that the best way of seeing Rome is with a small group tour, hopefully with a priest, because you can see things that that you wouldn't see with a large group. And also, if you went there on your own you're lost half the time because the city streets in Rome are nothing more than a big labyrinth maze. And you spend most of your time trying to get from A to B, and then you don't know what you're looking at when you finally get to B. And, John, I think that you bring up the good point of, like, well, you can look at the Pieta, and it's beautiful in its own right. But when you come to understand the history and the deeper meaning behind it and the connectivity um, that it had with both Michelangelo and in the scriptures and all the symbolism, and it's it's explained and understood – it's like the statue comes alive, and it becomes so much more than than just this thing you're looking at, and it definitely helps in your spiritual life. So when you go to Rome with someone who can, you know, if I've seen Father Rich do this, where you walk around and you talk about all the meaning and the symbolism in the basilica, it's great. That ties into our faith as well. If we know the Mass better, if we know the sacraments better, and their, the meaning behind all the little gestures and the words and the, the order, it comes alive for us. And it's not just this sort of external thing. It becomes an internal thing as well. Um, so that's the beauty of learning and knowledge. That greater knowledge brings you deeper and further in spiritual life, in our faith as Catholics, etc. So I think it's a great point, um, you know, just bringing that dynamic up of your experience of seeing the Pieta, but then when you hear the Monsignor speak about it and then pray bring it into prayer, yeah. it, it, yeah. then it has meaning. Thank you, know? you very much for the question. I, I got a really quick trivia question for Father Ryan if we're talking about the Pieta. F- Father Ryan, what was the, what did Michelangelo do with the Pieta for? What was its original purpose, do you know? For the main altar? No. That's a, I can't answer that one. That's a good one. Oh, it was a funerary monument for a French cardinal. Really? Yep. There you go. All right, we do have John. Thanks, thanks, yes, thank you thanks much, for John. being on, John. I think it's it's a great phone right, call. We appreciate the comment. Take it easy, man. Yep. We do have a uh, go uh, real list. presence radio. We'll yeah. Amen. 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 Uh, we have a question on. Uh, they're not on the phone, so it's written down. 
What should you do if you are in a situation where a priest is not available and you are not able to attend Mass on a holy day? All right. Um, Such as in the military. Oh, she's in. Okay, all right. Military reasons. Now, Would be an, that's an example. Of one. That's an example. Yeah, there's plenty of examples, actually. And so, um, well, if you know, first off, if you if you know, let's say, okay, military, let's say you're in Saudi Arabia, all right? There's no churches in Saudi Arabia. There's going to be a chaplain on the base, I suspect. They're not always going to be Catholic chaplains, though. And so you do your best to uh, still carry out your practice of your Catholic faith. The Internet is everywhere. You can maybe look at the readings, you know, of that day and pray uh, if you can't make it to Mass, if you really, truly can't make it to Mass, I'd really try and focus on the readings of that day and just reflect on those. I think another option with, you know, if particularly the Internet or television, you know, if you're in a place where you do have that, to to sit and actually watch a full Mass. You know, so we have TV Masses, you know, we've, you know EWTN has their Masses on. You can find them online, too, uh, in various you know, dioceses throughout the world. So that's another good way to still participate in the Sunday liturgy because you're still taking it in, and it can still be a mm-hmm. prayerful experience and sort of do the spiritual communion thing. Yep. I think one of the, the things to remember about this is if you genuinely can't get to a Mass because of your location, so the extreme example would be Father Rich's example of being in Saudi Arabia. There's not a Catholic chaplain. But if it's that, that you're not culpable for missing right. mass, so right. like, just so your conscience can be clear, you, now, don't e- you don't even have to confess it. On the other hand, if I'm, I'm going to say this, is that, well, you know, we were at the cabin and the nearest mass was, you know, 20 minutes away, so that, it really yeah. wasn't, it wasn't doable. And then it's like, hey, come on now, that's a little different. Like, you know, buckle up <laughs> and and make the effort. You know, it's yeah. so important to to make the effort. So it is always a question of like. Is it doable or is it not? And yeah, they I think drive, you have to be no. really honest with yourself when it comes to that. They would drive 20 minutes to find beverages, probably. <laughs> so call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. Or on Facebook. We've had a couple of good calls and a good uh, submittal of a question, through a, um, whether it's Facebook or whatever. We've had some really good questions. And so uh, I want to continue to encourage them. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. It's you know I, this um, segment of the show is really kind of growing um, on all the real presence live it's episodes. On, it's on everyone, yeah, you know? which is great because people are getting more and more comfortable just calling in, like and sharing. You know, so I think that right. that's great too. I think I think if people have you know stories of faith, call in and share those. Let's talk about it. You know, if people have comments about like the experience in Rome, that was great of John and right, um, right. Sue Falls to call in and. And add to the show in that way. Um, or questions like we, we just asked, like, well, what do I do? You know, those practical things. What mm-hmm. do I do if I can't get to Mass or there's not a priest available? Or... Well, and the, and the crazy thing is that there's a lot of people that are maybe afraid to talk to their priests or they only see them when they're shaking their hands on the way in and out of church. And yeah. it's like, when am I going to get the opportunity to talk to my pastor? They're not going to put forth the effort. This is your anonymous way of doing that. you get yeah. you got two priests that you're talking to, that you're listening to at least, that that you can just make a simple call and just ask a simple question based on faith. And as priests, we get these calls all the time. It's a big part of our lives, questions about the faith. Yep. This is a, uh, the, the straight talk is a great opportunity to be able to do that. So that's 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Try and stump Father Ryan. I bet you you can. I'll bet you can, too. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> or you can, go on Facebook. you can go on Facebook, of course. So yeah, the um, you know what, the one thing that you mentioned is that what do you do, Father Ryan? Let me ask you this question: It's like, say somebody's going to go up to the cabin 
maybe they're a little ways away, further away than 20 minutes, and they ask for a dispensation. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think we can give it. Well, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah, but like the cabin circumstance is, is really rare. You know, let, no, in no, our let, area, me ask, let me ask you this. I mean, what if you're going up to like somewhere up in northern Canada and there's no church? So that's the that's the big question is, right. you know, like we're going on a fly-in fishing trip to Canada or we're going into the Boundary Waters Canoe area. That's a common one in our in our part of the diocese. Um, I, it's do your best and participate on Sunday morning in whatever way you can. You right. Know, but, and I'll tell people to come to a weekday mass. If they can't, make but it doesn't, it does not make up. Right. No, exactly. So we do have a call. We do have not a call, but we have a question via Facebook. And so why didn't Paul mention Peter in the letter to the Romans? Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. He doesn't, I think he, I think he mentions in the letter. I can't remember which letter he does mention it, but I don't know which letter it is. Galatians. Maybe. Anyhow, let's get back to the question. The one thing about Paul's letters that we have to realize is that, it's you, we've all listened to one side of a phone conversation. That's what his letters are. His letters are one side of a phone. Con- He's having a conversation with these communities, and so we can we can gather just in the same way you can gather from a one-sided phone conversation what they're talking about. When we have Paul's letters, we can kind of gather what he's talking about, and very often what he's trying to do is correct certain behaviors in these communities. All of the letters are like that, except for maybe the letter to the Philippians. They're all corrective letters. And so why he didn't mention Peter in his letter to the Romans, it wasn't the purpose of his letter. He was writing letter for various reasons. Justification of faith versus the works of the law was a big part of his letter to the Romans. And so Peter didn't come into the topic. And so, uh, we, you know, I mean, that would be the that would probably be the most logical answer that I could think of, that there was nothing that Peter, he needed to address to make reference to Peter. What do you think, Father Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm pulling up on the USCCB site just the, the first chapter because I, I think it's sort of on that line too. Like, well, if Peter is such an important part in Rome, um, why isn't he maybe mentioned at the time? And offhand, I don't know just the timing of when he wrote to the Romans and Peter's known presence there or not at the time. Um, so, I mean, just speculating, not not truly knowing. But, you know. I would, I would kind of, I guess, ask, well, was Peter part of the Roman community in a big way at the time he's writing to them? Well, and another thing about these letters, and scholars debate this sort of stuff, but uh, some of these letters of, of Paul's were maybe a few different letters put together and spliced together, where whoever put them all together maybe took off the original ending or the original greeting. And in that case, I mean, if that is the case with the letter to the Romans, it very well could have been happening to where a re- the term we use is the redactor, the people who put it together that uh, as the form that we have it in the Bible. Uh, may have spliced off certain parts of the letter to put various letters. I know that the book of Romans, it's a, it's a very doctrinal, you know, the first 11 chapters are, are very much about the Christian doctrine and trying to clarify for the Roman people what the Christian doctrine of salvation and who Jesus Christ is. And then he goes in, Romans 12, 1 is the beginning of, it's the therefore, act in this way. And so it's kind of the moral teaching of how to live the Christian life based off of the Christian belief. Um, and... So is there need to mention Peter? I don't know. It would be interesting to know where that, kind of the deeper dynamics of where that, that question's coming from. But um, Peter certainly comes up in some of his other letters. But anyhow, that, that's a good question. We've had we've actually had a number of good questions here via Facebook, via email, via the phone. And so we want to thank the callers for calling in. Straight Talk is always my favorite segment of the show. And so thank you for the calls. And um, in our next segment, after the break, we'll be talking to Marie Mullen, who's going to be talking about an important new lay apostolate here in the city of Duluth. 
And so uh, we look forward to hearing about Marie, and it's going to be issues in regards to education and education uh, educating our young in regards to the Catholic faith and giving a new alternative. And so that will be all after the break on Real Presence Live. 